Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. One of the greatest things we get to do is to know and love other people. Sure, it's sacrificial and hard sometimes, but it is also so much fun. Brooke Seal and Rhonda Fagala join me to talk about the ways God has gifted and called them to love people. They share what motivates them, what challenges they have faced, and why they absolutely treasure getting to love people well. Here is our conversation. Hi, I'm Kathy, and we're here today to talk about loving other people and hopefully loving them well. The scriptures are clear that loving God and loving others is the greatest commandments that we have, and everything else depends on that. So as we talk today, by no means are we going to cover everything there is to cover about loving God. But I've asked two of my friends, Rhonda and Brooke, to come and to share a little bit from their lives about why loving people is important to them and what it looks like, and hopes that the rest of us can be encouraged and equipped to step into that in our own lives. So I'd love to introduce them to you. Brooke is a part of Christ Chapel's Renovate and Young Adult staff. One of my favorite things is when Brooke starts talking about her small town in Mississippi that she grew (laughs) up in and her family. I've never met any of them, but I feel like I have. I was even driving through I-20 a few days ago through Mississippi and thought, I wonder where Brooke's family lives. (laughs) (laughs) She actually is a co-host of a podcast called Nowhere Close to Famous and is one of the most genuine, friendly people you will ever meet. And a few of us have tried to encourage her lately to start a fashion influencing empire. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke. Full circle. (laughs) um, Socks. But that is the topic for another day. We also have Rhonda here. She, I love how she has this profound love of both grace and truth. And when I'm around her, I feel like she just exudes both. She loves her family. She is incredibly entrepreneurial. She and her husband are always kind of starting something new or involved in a variety of things, doing real estate. They also have a supercross racing team called Next Level Racing and Lit Ministry that they get to be a part of. And one of my favorite things about Rhonda that makes me laugh is she sends these really great Marco Polos <laughs> and her dog snores louder than in any all of dog in, I've ever met. In all of her videos. Yes. It's really fun. <laughs> Truly good so, background noise. It is. I was going to say, I don't even notice it. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever need to fall asleep, I just turn that on and her snores just move me to sleep. I'm that boring. <laughs> well, I'd love to start off by hearing from you all about <clears throat> loving people particularly my guess is that over your life you have thought about and grown in what you think about loving people how you view it and maybe how it matches and doesn't match culture at times so Brooke tell me a little bit about loving people and how that has been defined or fleshed out in your life over the years yeah um thanks for the opportunity I can always count on Kathy to gas me up and hype me up and so that's really the only reason I came on. Uh, <laughs> Kathy's someone that has loved me really well. And Rhonda is too. So I'm excited we get to sit down and chat. Um, I think loving people and loving them well um, is hard to put on paper or to, or to articulate. I think if I'm being fully honest, I'm 
29, and I think my kind of philosophy, especially my theology behind loving people well, has radically changed over the last decade as I've spiritually matured. I think when I was a teenager, I think I had really great friends in my life. I am very close to my family, like Kathy mentioned, and so that's always been a really big foundational piece of who I am and how the Lord has shaped me. Um, But I think I used to treat relationships kind of transactionally or at the very least as very safe. And there was lots of lines. And what I mean by that is I think when I was younger in my brain, the narrative was, okay, like you're nice and you're great, but we don't agree on this, this or this. So you stay in your corner and do your thing and I'll stay in my corner and do mine and we'll be cordial, but we don't really have to interact. Mm -hmm. And I think as I've gotten older um, and one of the reasons why I love people so much, I think if people that hear this know me or Maybe you're listening to this and you have no clue who I am, which is way more likely. I um, I radically love people. I, I think people are just the greatest, greatest thing God has ever breathed life into. I'm obsessed with people, with humans. Um, but I think my ability to love them in a way that points to Jesus has radically changed because the way I used to describe it is I say, I took myself out of the center of the narrative, mm-hmm. which I don't do perfectly. I think there will be people that listen to this that know me. Um, and I've definitely dropped the ball and fallen short on loving people well and have made lots of mistakes and have been met with grace a lot of times and some interpersonal relationships that have helped me learn. But I think um, in some, to like answer your original question, I think for me, loving people well has changed from how can I get them to think more of me to how can I get them to think more of the Lord? Um, and so it makes it way less about me and even way less about the other person and more about the Lord. And that just affects how I speak to them, what actions I take, what my motive even is. And so loving people became a really life-giving thing as opposed to like a draining thing that was filled with lots of scorekeeping and self-centric thoughts and insecurities and kind of picking my battles almost. We're now kind of with reckless abandonment. I'll, uh, I'll love the snot out of somebody if you let me. <laughs> I, I, I really will. So that's and the goal. That's so why I ask you to come. Yeah, I hope if people are hearing this that that's their impression um, for the Lord's glory, not, not for mine. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'll start off by saying that I'm not great at loving other people always, and that's my goal. Um, and I think the reason I love to try to love people is because starting with my childhood, I mean, my parents loved other people really well. Mm. And I got to witness that, and um, they were great about teaching me that, you know, everyone's different. I mean, you're going to meet a lot of people in your life who are not like you. Um, you're going to look different, think differently. And just because someone has more than you or less than you, it doesn't mean anyone is better than anyone else. So um, they just instilled in me from a very young age to care about other people, and they they did it largely by actually doing that. Um, as I got older... You know, I didn't really think a lot about it until recent years, but I, you know, the motivation for me is first of all, God tells us to love other people, like mm-hmm. you mentioned in the mm-hmm. beginning. And I believe I I'm loved by God. And I have so much that's given to me. And I believe that I have an eternity with God and in the presence of his love. So with that enormous, you know, comfort and hope and encouragement, why wouldn't I want to share that with someone else? or with other people, as many other people as I can. I love that. I love that. I love hearing how God has shaped your views on that. And I 
I know it's awkward to kind of come on and me say, hey, so how do you love people well and talk about yourself? Because I know that that feels really prideful. So since you two know each other, I'm going to flip the script a little bit and ask you to talk about the other person instead of me just saying how I think you love people well. So Brooke, would you be willing to talk just a little bit about how have you seen Rhonda love people well and what have you learned from her and her example? I've been waiting for an opportunity to do this publicly. <laughs> She's amazing. Rhonda hasn't, but I, but I have. Um, I met Rhonda um, in a season where I was a resident here at Christ Chapel, and um, part of the program was kind of having people in our life that would pour into us and kind of help us stay on the straight and narrow and just be encouraging. And Rhonda was very much one of those people, I think, for our entire class. But I would I would say Rhonda and I, I think, hit a relationship, hit our, our relationship hit a certain chord in that season that I was really thankful for. I'm someone who um, I'm very verbally affirming and very kind of like in your face with my um, – What's and the I word? love that about you. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm not slow to let somebody know that I'm a really big fan. <laughs> and so very quickly, I was like, I'm going to be Rhonda's friend. I'm going to do it. Uh, and Rhonda's someone who just meets you with, and Kathy, you mentioned this at the top, but I think Rhonda balances grace and truth better than almost anyone I know. And I, I think that's one way that my friendship with Rhonda has shaped me is in that season of my life, there was lots of hard things that happened that was very sharpening and sanctifying season, with her, whether it was my theology growing and that challenging me, um, being in a room with people that I deeply love, but we didn't see eye to eye on on everything. And I'm someone who, growing up, the narrative in my head was like, oh, if you love me, you'll agree with me. And if you don't agree with me, you don't love me. Mm-hmm. Now, let me let me clarify that is not true. I think there might be people that listen to this. They're like, oh, she got it right from a young age. <laughs> no, that's not it. And I think meeting Rhonda um, and watching her just sacrificially pour her life out, her and her husband, Chris, again, like you mentioned, kind of, they live their whole life on mission. Like, that's just what they do. And I got to have a front row seat and build a relationship with Rhonda in a season where I deeply needed that and needed to be impacted by someone in that way. And so I think Rhonda balances grace and truth really well and isn't afraid to tell you like it is, but is also not afraid to like just so loyally stand in your corner even when you screw up or even when you say something that's not the kindest or not the most accurate or you ask maybe an offensive question or a question that's off-colored of, um, I think Rhonda met me in a season where the Lord was doing a ton of work in my heart and in my mind and Rhonda met me with so much grace, but also with a lot of truth. And that's something that's not my natural bend. I tend to meet people with one or the other. I don't tend to balance them well. Um, and I've seen that. And I think Rhonda's whole life is just on the go on behalf of other people. Um, and so I joke with her all the time because she travels a lot in what she does. And so I'll text her um, and I'll say, where in the world is Rhonda Fagala? Because <laughs> I have no Sometimes idea. I don't know how I'm to like, answer that she could be down the street in Fort Worth. She could be on the other side of the world. She, I don't know where she is. Um, and Rhonda gives herself away so much to so many people that um, I don't get a lot of time with her selfishly. But I, when I do, it's very high quality because it's we get down to just brass tacks right out of the gate. It's There's no messing around. Like she earned the right to be heard in my life a long time ago. Um, and so I think she always meets me with a lot of intentionality and good question asking and is just solid. Just there's no wavering in who, who Rhonda is. I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. And I have said this to her before, and I know she 
doesn't necessarily see this, but you talked about she and Chris really love sacrificially, but when you talk to them, she never really sees it as sacrifice. Like it's just who she is and she just loves those people and she and Chris step into that really well. It's just the next obedient thing. Yes. Yeah. And you guys are extremely generous (laughs) with your own words. It's Mike, so we can't lie. (laughs) So let's turn the table a little bit. Brooke is equally awesome, in my opinion, as Rhonda is. And so, Rhonda, just talk for a minute about how have you seen Brooke love people well and what have you learned from her about loving people well? Well, for one, I mean, you mentioned sacrificial love, and that's something I would say about Brooke as well. Um, Brooke, you're kind of hard to describe sometimes. I mean, (laughs) you have such a dynamic personality, and you are the most like available. It doesn't yes. matter what day, time. I mean, unless you are not physically here in town, you're available. And now the other thing you do really well, though, is you're good about scheduling with people and not letting anything interfere with that. I don't know how to like really put it into words necessarily, but you're very committed to people. You're very committed to being available, to meeting them, to being there for them, whatever they need, whenever they need. You know, it's it's something that I have not always done well because I think when I'm in certain places in my life or, you know, when I'm here in town sometimes, I kind of want to just close the door take some time out for myself. I don't know if Brooke has time for herself (laughs) because (laughs) she is so just unbelievably giving to the people around her. Um, That kind of selflessness and um, just care for other people, just the fact that she knows someone needs to talk, someone needs to get something off their chest, someone needs some advice, whatever that is. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't think twice. Mm. She's just, yes, absolutely. What do you need? When? Um, and I think that is something that I've definitely learned from her is that there are times when I want to be selfish with my time. And if I'm really loving people well, I have to say, okay, I have to put aside, you know, some of my personal preferences and meet somebody, meet their need, meet, meet them where they are. Um, and just also the way you, you said it, that the way you, um, go after people and you don't, you don't have any reservations. You're not afraid to talk about anything. Um, I, you know, you just have an incredible personality. You have a way of making people feel comfortable. You have a way of making people feel like they're with a friend I've seen this happen. I've seen people just kind of like melt in front of you in a way, if that makes sense. Um, And I see how younger girls react to you and interact with you and how they just see you as this comfort, you know. That takes a certain personality. I think sometimes, you know, I know myself, I can be almost – I don't want to, I don't know what the word is, not scary, but like, you know, like I'm an older person or they don't, you know, if they don't know my background, they don't know how I'm going to respond to something, but I don't ever see people mm-hmm. react to you that way. Very disarming. Very disarming. Yeah. And just also the way you make people laugh, me in particular, <laughs> um, it, it's, it is one of the greatest things I tell you all the time, I love the way you make me laugh. You make me laugh. You make me smile. You bring such joy and just a lightness to my life. And I just love it. 
I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. And I love just to highlight one thing. I feel like your commitment to people makes them feel really valuable. Mm -hmm. I thought I've known Brooke for several years and I don't know that she's ever canceled on me. (laughs) And I know that sounds weird, but that communicates that nothing else came up that interfered with the fact that she had made a commitment to spend time with me. And that makes me feel really valuable. So I want to kind of turn the tables for a minute back to something you said earlier, Rhonda. You talked a little bit about why you love people and why it matters so much to you. And I know that even you two are gifted in very different ways and God has given you very different people to love and different opportunities to love. And so every one of us listening is not going to have the same opportunities or demonstrate that love in the same way. Mm -hmm. But we want to be hopefully at least motivated to love for some of the same reasons. So I'd love to talk just a little bit about more about your motivations for why loving people matters so much to you and how that kind of that fuels what you do in loving people. So Brooke, why does loving people matter so much to you and where does that come from? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think a couple of things, I think one, um, Rhonda mentioned this and first and foremost, it's all about obedience. Um, if you're a believer, then you believe and have submitted your life to God and you believe this idea that God, John three sixteen for God so loved the world and you believe that God is love and there's no condemnation and all of these things and that you're going to have an eternal relationship with the Lord. And that's a place of, of unconditional love and grace and acceptance and all of these things. And we as believers and followers of Christ are called to follow that lead and to replicate that. That's what being a disciple is, is to follow the teacher and to do what the teacher does. And so as a disciple of Jesus, my job is to love people the way he does. I will say a caveat to that is um, Jesus was, he was fully God and fully man. So he submitted himself to the capacity of a human, but also like God doesn't have limits that you and I have. Mm -hmm. And sometimes loving people well means honoring your own limited capacity as a human being. I think that's a lesson I've learned the really hard way, especially over the last year. Um, But I think um, as far as my motive, I think one, it's just obedience to Jesus. I'm overwhelmed. I tell people all the time that I'm God's favorite. Uh, And it's it's funny to watch people's reactions when I say that, because sometimes people are like, ha, ha, ha. Wait, she really thinks that. And Um, and they're like, wait a second, if you're God's favorite. And I'm like, don't worry. He's he's all-knowing and all-encompassing. Like He's got enough margin for everybody. You can be his favorite too. But I just really deeply in my soul believe that I'm God's favorite. I feel like God loves me so clearly, so radically um, in my day-to-day, in big picture things and small things. I just feel the love of the Lord. And that's my worshipful response to His love is to love other people. Um, I'm a really big believer in not keeping score, good or bad. Um, One of my new pet peeves in this season of my life is if I like buy someone's dinner or I spot them a couple of bucks for like a movie or gas or whatever and like, oh, I'll pay you back. And I'm like, we're in community together. Just let me (laughs) spot you. Like it all, I say this expression all the time. This is a very Southern expression, I think, but it all comes out in the wash. Like it'll all even out. And so I tell people that all, if my, if my close friends listen to this, they'll laugh because I use that language with them all the time. But I think one, my motivation is it's just obedience to the Lord Mm -hmm. and just a response to how he loves me. I'm just so infatuated and just love Jesus. And please, they've gassed me up. This episode has been so humbling (laughs) because Kathy and Rhonda both have said really kind things that I fall short of every day. 
but by God's grace and literally by God's grace, one, it's God's gifts that he's entrusted to me. And it's God's gift to me that he's let me do life with women like Kathy and like Rhonda and that they've seen me in such a favorable, sweet way and that the Lord has allowed me to love them well. It's not always the case. Um, And then second, my motivation for loving people is this idea of biblical community. I think biblical community is so much deeper and, um, and, uh, Gosh, I lost my train of thought. I think biblical community is so much deeper than just simply friendship. I think those are different things. I don't think friendship is wrong or bad, but I think biblical community is deeper and there's more to it. One of the most um, life-changing books I've ever read, I recommend it to people all the time, is Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Kathy knew what I was going to say before I said it. Yes, I did. And I actually read that book the year I met Rhonda in the residency program I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, And so that book is all about this idea of biblical community. Um, and I, if you haven't read that, please go get a copy or slide in my DMs on Instagram. I will buy you a copy. <laughs> um, please, please, please read that book. That book really shaped a lot of my theology around community. And ever since then, and I mentioned this earlier too, my goal is not, I think sometimes I can come across this way if I'm not careful, but my goal genuinely really is not to have people think more of me or want more of Brooke Seal. My goal really is, man, that girl loves like something that I don't have a grasp on or a connection to. I want more of whatever Brooks porn out of, and it's Jesus. And so, um, I think Jesus has to be the center of your community. I think that's one thing that separates friendship and community is Jesus is the center, not the people together or any one individual. Um, and I think the reason my motivation to love people, but also why I think people are endlessly fascinating and why I believe in community so much is you should be in community with people who are vastly different from you. Um, Yes, have biblical community. They need to be a believer. But I think you need to be in community that's filled with diversity and you need to be challenged and sharpened by people that love Jesus but think and see a little differently than you do. Um, That's been really life-changing in my time in Fort Worth over these last six years. Um, and so I think that that motivates me, too, of like, man, I want to get people around me that will challenge me and sharpen me um, and that I can be mutually encouraged by because of our faith. But I also I want to get invited into spaces where I'm the different one um, and where my voice is a little different, not just my accent. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, so I think I think that does that make sense? Was that it articulate enough? Um, yes. But yeah, that's why that's my main motivation is just obedience and an overflow of what Jesus has done for me. And just that desire to build healthy biblical community. I love that. I've heard you say, I'm going to quote you to you. You've (laughs) said before, God loves me and calls me to give that away. So it doesn't matter whether you receive it or not. Do you Mm. remember saying that? Uh, you know, sometimes I, it's, I don't. It's just the Holy Spirit. People come up to me all the time and like, Brooke, you said this and it changed my life. And I literally am like, thank you, Jesus, on that. Because that was not Brooke. Um, but now, yes, um, that's a stretch of an idea from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book um, of just this idea of I... Rhonda so graciously and kindly mentioned this earlier. I'll pursue the mess out of like I. There are people that will listen to this that they're like, "Man, Brooke would just not leave me alone for like a year," <laughs> and then I finally hung out with her. I just I love to pursue people because I think that's what Jesus does to us and for us. And it's not about oh I'm weary or oh this person doesn't accept or reciprocate. It's oh I get to just lavishly love them and trust that the Lord's going to get glorified whether this person receives it or recognizes it or not because it's yes it's for, the other person is a beneficiary but really the Lord is the person I'm doing it for mm-hmm. um, and so if the other person chooses to benefit from it and receive it 
um, praise God. And it's a real sweet bonus if they reciprocate it. Um, but that's not the expectation or inherently the goal. Um, I think it's really sweet when that happens. I, my closest friends are what I call my inner circle. And those are only four or five women. But those are women that have radically reciprocated um, or have initiated and allowed me to reciprocate. Let, hear me say, I'm, I've only done this because I, I've had people radically pursue me, Kathy being one of them, um, in seasons when I didn't want to be pursued and in ways that I didn't want to be pursued. Um, and I had to submit to the Lord before I could submit to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope that's part of it too. I think if you hear this and you're like, okay, I'm going to radically pursue someone, Read the room, okay? <laughs> um, don't, like, show up at their house unannounced um, at, like, 10 o'clock at night. Like, take your paces. Um, but I will say, I, I, if I have peace from the Lord about pursuing somebody and just radically showing them the love of Jesus, I'm going to do it with near reckless abandonment. For better or for worse, I love that. So I'm glad you quoted me to me. That was that <laughs> yeah. was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Rhonda, talk a little bit more about why loving people matters so much to you. What's your motivation? A um, couple of things. Uh, you mentioned a couple of them, Brooke. Uh, but yes, I have been so loved so well by other people. Number one, by God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look back on my life and I'm shocked about so many things that have happened in my life that I didn't even recognize at the time to be God's love. And I believe now that it definitely was. Um, even when I didn't acknowledge him or connect my, you know, daily life to him, uh, I can look back now and say, wow, you know, I can definitely see that God has had me from the very beginning. Um, so that's, a pretty incredible realization, you know, when you when you realize that you're loved by someone you you're you're not loving, right? <laughs> like he loved like, us why? first, yeah. He and it just blows my mind. So that is the number one motivation. Uh, well, I don't know about number. I mean, it's it's such a great motivation because that feeling of of knowing, like, oh my goodness, he loved me when I shouldn't have been loved, or I, I wasn't lovable. I definitely wasn't loving him in return or first. Um, but then other people in my life have loved me really well just throughout my life. Um, and, you know, you talked about community, Brooke. Kathy, you've been part of that. I remember when we were considering venturing out to something else, um, which was going to be a big step for us, really stepping away from home and community here. And you loved me enough to ask me some hard questions. I don't know if you remember that, but you do remember that, yeah. <laughs> um, and that, you know, but that is a real love for someone. Like, if you genuinely care for someone, you're not going to sugarcoat everything. You will ask hard questions. You will, when you have the right to do that as a close friend or someone in community, like you mm-hmm. were talking about, um, I think it's super important to actually approach people with the hard questions or to approach people with constructive criticism Mm -hmm. and so forth. Uh, And people have done that for me. And so I know what a difference it's made in my life. And I want to be able to do that for other people. Um, I don't know. There's so many things that come to mind when you ask that question. Um, One thing that I learned in a course that you helped teach Faith and work, uh, which I absolutely loved. It changed my life. Um, 
there was some conversation, and I cannot tell you what book or article or who said this, but basically we had this conversation and the thought was, what if you meet people in your day-to-day life who don't believe what you believe, who don't believe in God, who don't want God's love, so they don't accept that, even though God's love is there, but they don't accept that, they don't recognize it, and you have an opportunity to love them. Well, I have an overabundance of love to give because God's given me so much. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't I want to love them and share that with them? What if I'm the only person who ever takes that approach? You know, what if they're in a really hard place in life? What if they just don't have people in their life who love them well? What if they never believe in God? What if they, you know, continue to reject that love? I might be, I mean, this isn't to make, you know, to say, oh, I might be that person. But <laughs> but why would I want to withhold that from someone if that might be the only bit of God's love that they experience? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you can sit there and go, well, that's probably not going to be true, but I don't know. Sure. And and even if it's just in that moment or that phase of their life or you know whatever they might be walking through at the time that could be challenging or hard and they don't feel loved by anyone, does it hurt me? to love them and does it you know does it take anything away from me no so you know i believe that god's called us to be generous with everything he's given us and that's not just one category or one area of our lives but it's every area and i mentioned earlier i watched my parents do that we didn't grow up with a lot we weren't wealthy so you know they gave of whatever they had whether it was finances or time um you know just whatever the needs were that they could meet. And I believe that as a believer and as someone who has been given so much that I should be sharing that as much as possible. And that's that's my, I guess, motivation, just multifaceted. Um, you know, and the Bible tells us that we are to love others. It's, you know, in, in multiple places in different books of the Bible. And Jesus, it's his command to us, you know, love God and love others. Um, I am not saying that I do it well or perfectly for sure, but I want to because I know how great it feels to be loved. So I want other people to feel that as well. I don't know why I my heart just wants people to feel that, but it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's so beautiful. And I've heard you too say before, to quote you to you, I know it's really important to you that love is an action. Yes. And as you were talking, I was remembering how you said that. Do you want to talk about that for a minute and why that is so important to you? Yes. Um, well, let me start with I'm married. So that <laughs> that's a whole other aspect um, and, and a, an opportunity really that um, God has used to teach me more about love. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's no greater way to learn a lesson than to be in, in a relationship with someone that closely uh, because it shows you just how selfish mm-hmm. you really are. Um, it's challenging. I'm not going to lie. Like, I love being married. I also will be very honest that it's very, very hard. Um, but, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, it talks about – it's God's definition for love, basically. And it says it's love is patient and kind. It's not jealous, not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not selfish or quick-tempered. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It rejoices in the truth, not in evil. 
and it says love is always supportive, it's always loyal, hopeful, and trusting. And those are those are hard things <laughs> yes. to accomplish on a daily basis. And yet this is what he says he believes love or how he loves us. And I can read through that and I can think about my life and I can see how true that is about the way God's loved me. And that is my, I guess, my goal, um, my, you know, footprint on here's how to love other people. I mean, he gives it to us. There's no question, right? So that's, you know, what I shoot for. No. If you ask my husband, I promise you, <laughs> he will tell you that I fall way short on all these things, especially the patient part. <laughs> but that's because we're human. Like, Brooke, you mentioned earlier, we are not God. So we don't have the same capacity. Um, but yes, that that I do believe is our goal, to love other people like that. Sure. And it, let's transition a little bit. I know you were kind of taking us a little bit more practical. I know that implementing this is challenging and sometimes in the moment and sometimes intentional. So talk a little bit about how do you actually think through or go about implementing loving people well? That is the million dollar question. (laughs) Um, I think one, I think it can, I think it looks different in practice for different people. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I mean by that is biblically, love is the same. Rhonda just defined it for us. And so um, I think a lot of times it's like, well, I don't want to do that. So I'm just not going to, or well, like that's going to cost me this. And maybe not. No, like we're all called to radically and sacrificially, like love is by definition, sacrificial love will cost you something. Um, And, and, and cost is not always tangible um, or physical, like the cost that comes with it. Sometimes it's, it's going to cost you worry or fear um, it's going to cost you vulnerability. It's going to cost you um, standing with that person socially. Um, whatever it is, um, I'm sure anyone listening to this, whatever they fear of losing, that's what's coming to your mind right now. Mm-hmm. So if whatever's clicking in your brain right now, that's probably something you need to be willing to sacrifice to love someone well. So I'm going to let you and the Lord work that out. <laughs> um, but I think loving people well, I think if I compared how I love people to how Rhonda does it, I would feel really defeated. Um, at the end of the day, because Rhonda loves people really radically in some very action-oriented ways. Um, But I'm not called to love people like Rhonda does. I'm called to love people like Jesus does. And because of the Holy Spirit, God has gifted and wired me in ways and gifted me in ways that allows me to love people in some pretty cool ways that, apart from the Lord, I could not do. Um, So I think some, some more tangible pieces to that that I've learned, that I've either received or have learned through failure how to implement better um, is I think loving people well tangibly doesn't always mean loving them the way you want to be loved. Um, I'm a really big words person. So this is an example I use a lot. I'm a really big words of affirmation person. I feel very loved um, by a written word especially, but um, I'm also really verbally affirming. But I have friends (coughs) in my life that don't respond well to that. I've met people that um, I am a pretty disarming person, I'd like to think, but to some people, I'm not. To some people, I'm a little offensive or a little um, untrustworthy because I am so verbally and outwardly affirming pretty much from the get-go. And so some people don't trust that I'm being genuine. And so sometimes what it looks like to love someone well for me is just to sit and to wait patiently and to earn the right, not just to share hard truth with them, but to share affirmation with them. That's great. Um, 
I think also tangibly loving people well. Um, I think giving people your time, uh, time is a, this is so cheesy, but it's true. Time is a non-renewable resource. Um, you only get a limited amount. Um, and in a day we all get the same amount. Um, and the Lord only knows how much time we each have, Mm -hmm. but if we take it day to day, I've got the same amount of time in a day as Rhonda does and as Kathy does. Um, but how I use my time will say a lot about what I care about and who I love. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think letting your yes be yes and your no be no is a really big thing for me of, um, when you, I think, and this goes back to words for me, just cause I've, I've failed this way a lot of, Hey, if I say I'm going to like pour into you, that means I'm going to see you consistently. I'm going to ask you intentional questions. I'm going to talk to God about you more than I talk, um, to you about God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says that in life together. Shout out. <laughs> um, That's uh, good, things yeah, like that. Um, I could probably ramble all day. I'm not being very articulate, but I think, <laughs> I think um, loving people in a way that costs you something. So I think, I think you can ask yourself two questions if you're listening to this. You're like, man, what are tangible ways I can love people in life? Don't make it harder than it is. How are you gifted and wired? Mm-hmm. And how is God asking you to use that? And what is it going to cost you that you're not willing to give up? And so do what you're gifted and wired to do and and make sure it's costing you something, but make sure your cost is obedient and not just, I'm not asking you to be a martyr. Right. right. Um, Jesus already did that. Like his death and burial and resurrection already paid for everything. We don't have to do that. We get to love people out of an abundance mm-hmm. and an overflow. So um, walk close with the Lord, figure out how you're gifted and wired and figure out what God's asking you to give up. And I think if you do those things, that'll lead you to tangibly, loving people in some really action-oriented ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... Gosh, you're hard to follow, bro. <laughs> that was really wise, wasn't it? Yeah, seriously. I want to hear you talk about this, Rhonda. You've said before, people are not a project. They're yes. a person. Yes, And so good. as much as we want to be intentional about loving yeah. and motivated by the Lord, I want to give you space to talk about that because I know that's really important to you. It is important to me. We... Uh, interact with a lot of different people um, of different walks and different beliefs. And if I just, I believe if I just approached them as a project, uh, uh, well, let me start with this. I deeply want everyone to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I I so want <laughs> um, all of us to, you know, spend eternity together worshiping God and being Endlessly loved by him. Um, But I I can't approach every person as this project to to change your mind if you don't believe what I believe. Or, you know, I just need you to know what I like. I want them to know what I know, but some people are not, that's not where they are. I hope they get there, but that's in God's hands. It's not in mine. I am not going to change anyone's heart. Only God can do that. I am just called, as Brooke mentioned earlier, to be obedient and to go out and love people. And so for me, like we talked about, it's an action. It's not a feeling. It's not, you know, oh, you're so cool or nice, whatever. It's not about me. Um, It really genuinely is to me about a couple of things, getting to know people. And I believe that that expands, you know, me. I mean, it. if I'm just living in this little bitty world, reading you know, only the books that 
support or that talk about what I believe. And I'm only talking to people who believe what I believe. And I'm not willing to get outside of myself and outside of my circle and really hear other people and and learn something from them. I'm never going to be able to connect or you know point a lot of people to God because I won't relate to them in any way. And you know, again, it's not. Yeah, I have to be careful that I'd, I'm not doing that to also then get back to. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not. I don't want to. Okay, behave a certain way just so that I can befriend someone, just so that I can get them to believe what I believe. Um, now, there was a time in my life where I really thought, oh, I just have to. I literally have to make everyone believe this. I want everyone to believe this, but I've learned at this point in my life. Um, many years of learning that that's just not my job. So I, I don't know if that answers your question fully, but... Um, I really like that you have brought that up for a couple of different reasons, but sometimes sometimes we don't love people well and that's on us, but sometimes we can love people well and the results may not look like we wish they looked. Right, And that may that's not mean that we did anything wrong. No. We may have and loved them well. And, and I appreciate you saying that because sometimes I think we evaluate the results to determine whether we loved people well. Yes. And the really results good. may look like we want them to do and they may not look yeah. like we want them to look. But we are called to love people well and love is defined by God mm-hmm. and the Bible, not as defined by culture or another yeah. person. And that is a transformative way to live and the results sometimes look like we want them to and sometimes they don't. Yeah, I agree. And I experience that quite often. Um, I, there's a verse in the Bible I just wanted to share. It's in Matthew 24 and it says, evil will spread and cause many people to stop loving others. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, it it just makes me sad. I, I think we've lost the ability to genuinely love people. I let me back up. A lot of people have lost the ability to genuinely love other people. And I think we're in a time of lots of heartache and hurt and lots of uh, tension and lots of darkness. But there's also a lot of light. And I don't want to overlook that. But I think that we have to keep focusing on, you know, what is the light and what brings that light about. And it is loving other people. And if we stop doing that, if we stop genuinely caring about another person, regardless of what they think, how they live, uh, what they believe, if we if we can't just love them for the fact that they're God's creation because they are, then we're just contributing to that evil that's spreading in the world. And we're not doing anything to help it. And, you know, I guess that goes back to motivation. Sure. Yeah. Well, as we close, I want to give each of you space to share maybe a final thought or final encouragement or something that's come to your mind you haven't gotten a chance to say yet. So, Brooke, what's the final thought from you? That feels really weighty. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think even in hearing you and Rhonda share, it's kind of gotten my brain churning of something I've learned over the last few years that I still don't do as well as I would like to, but I've grown in my ability out of spiritual maturity and walking closer with the Lord than I used to, Um, but loving people that are different. And I hit on that earlier, but I didn't flesh it out a ton, I don't think. But I think hearing what Rhonda just shared got me thinking about it. So in closing, I think um, 
something that Ben Fuquay has said that really stuck out with me several stuck out to me several years ago, and I still remember it. Um, he's one of the pastors here at Christ Chapel. Um, he said, "If you look around and all the people that you're interacting with consistently are easy to be around, you're doing something wrong because mm-hmm. um, you don't need the Holy Spirit to do that. You need to be loving people mm-hmm. in a way that causes you to rely on the Holy Spirit." Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really convicting in that season in my life and still is. Um, and so I think that popped back into my brain. Um, and also to Rhonda's point of, we want people to believe, but we can't make them or force them. I think we have to, we have to let people belong before they believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in a good way, um, one, God does not call us to live in fear or make decisions out of fear. And I think that's a lot of what's happening in the church today of like, oh, if I rub elbows or build relationships with people that think differently than me, or if I read content that's um, different than what I believe, then um, I'm going to be negatively impacted by that, or I'm going to lose my witness or whatever. Um, I think we all have different capacities. I think as you spiritually mature, your capacity to take in material that is maybe different or to interact with people that believe differently will grow. Um, Jesus was around people that did not believe what he believed most of his ministry. Um, The only people that he was around consistently that believed what he believed were his disciples, and they gave him a run for his money a couple (laughs) times if you read the Gospels. Um, And so I think that's something that I would want to leave people with that is sticking out to me and something that's impacted my life a lot over the last couple of years specifically is we are called to radically love people that are hard to love. And the hardest people to love are the people that remind me of my sin because they're doing it too. And I'm like, Oh shoot, I don't want to be around that. But no, like we're called to get our hands dirty, but to do that well, Mm -hmm. to do it in a way that points to Jesus, you've got to be walking step in step with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is not, like I said, this is not us asking you to be a martyr or to do hard things just because they're hard. Sometimes God in His kindness lets us say yes to really good and sweet things. He just, I think sometimes as believers like, okay, I'm just going to choose the hardest thing, and that's probably the radical <laughs> obedient thing that God's asked me to do. And I'm like, no, He's not. <laughs> I meet with women all the time. They're like, Brooke, I think I'm going to do this thing. And I'm like, you should not do that thing. <laughs> you just shouldn't do it. Um, and I think there's a lot of factors at play. Like, are you spiritually healthy? Do you have the right resources? Um, is your theology solid? All sorts of things. And so I think I think believers that are salt and light, and to be salty, I think you got to know what you believe and believe what you believe, mm-hmm. and then go interact with people that are going to make you use it. Mm. Um, and so that's what I would, I would leave people with in the topic of loving people well. Yeah. Uh, I would say, well, first of all, that's also, again, hard to follow um, <laughs> because that's super wise, and I 100% agree with that. But I would also add that, you know, sometimes that doesn't look like you were saying. It, does, it doesn't look like something radical. There are a lot of times where, number one, you you have to you have to know like how you've been loved. You have to know where this is coming from. You have to, you know, it's not about uh, I need to <laughs> go to another country and you know serve people. And sometimes it's a small step. Sometimes it's loving your family. Sometimes um, it's, you know, right there in your own home, right in your own neighborhood. There's some friend, some neighbor, some family member. Um, I think if we can't start there, then we're going to have a real hard time doing anything much beyond that. Uh, You know, my encouragement would just be make sure, like you said, uh, Brooke, you've got to have, you've got to know what you believe and believe what you believe. And you have to have your 
community of people around you to encourage you and to hold you accountable mm-hmm. and to ask you the hard questions, to love you well. That's a good point. And then, you know, just start with a small step of look around you. It might be, you know, a sibling. It might be a husband. It might be a child. It might be a friend. They might be a believer. They might not be. And just take take it in, you know. Take a look around you and and see how are you doing loving the people right around you. And let that be your first step if you're trying to figure out, oh, how do I go radically love people? Because loving people radically doesn't mean doing something outrageous or radical. The radicalness was was already done on the cross. We're just supposed to take that and share that. I... I so love this. To quote my friend Brooke Seal, I love both of you and I like both of you. (laughs) (laughs) I do use that a lot. Same, same. Brooke does say that. And I respect both of you and Mm -hmm. I am encouraged by your example. Maybe another time we can talk about, I feel like loving people well in community Mm -hmm. and we're all partners in the gospel seeking Mm -hmm. to do this together. Yes, God has called Rhonda to do certain things and Brooke to do certain things and me to do certain things, but there is also a sense in which we're doing it together. And that is a real joy as well as just a lifesaver in the ability to keep walking with Jesus and loving people well, because we do think he's amazing and we do think doing this is hard. And so getting it to go do it together is a real joy for me. So let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for the love you have demonstrated to each of us. And thank you for what a privilege it is to be able to give that to other people. I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, equip each one of us to love people well today and that you would continue to grow our love for you and love for other people so that we continue to love people the next day and the next day and the next day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.